Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Good morning. I was talking to someone on the phone about a month ago, and he, he asked me, like, so who's your pastor in... I don't know why, but out of my mouth in 10, was like across him. I said, like, oh, Dave. And he goes, like, where's your church? And I said, like, oh, Church of Christ in Penrith. And then 10 was like, no, he's like, said, like, no, that's why I feel at home. You know, like, so it was quite funny because I didn't even plan that it. it just came out and I thought about it afterwards. And I went like, yeah, I, I feel at home here. This is, this is my family. No matter where I fellowship on another Sunday, but when I come here, it's like, this is my church. You know, so I, so I put Dave down as my pastor. You know, so. <laughs> And Jimmy is my uh, associate pastor, you know, so, so I've got to come to Jimmy for some wisdom later on <laughs> to fulfill all my needs. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to be here this morning. I didn't know if I was going to be here, and then I wasn't going to be here, then I was going to be here, and I had no control over my schedule, but I praise God that I'm here this morning, you know, and um, I apologize to my wife, Tanya, she cannot be here this morning because she's doing some stuff because straight after this I have to go home and get ready and and I'm off to some place in Asia, you know, so, so God's doing some amazing things. So this morning, I'd like, I'd like to talk to us about, um, I've just been really, one part of my, what we do and what I love studying, and I, I constantly study, and I constantly studying particularly under 25-year-olds, because that's why I work the most, you know, to understand what is going on, where are we going, and I've done a thing called strength fighters, and one of my strengths is what they call futuristic and so I cannot help but to think like 200 years ahead. You know, I cannot help. Oh, I'm constantly thinking like, what's going to happen when I die? What's going to happen when I'm gone? You know, like, because I'm concerned about this generation, you know, like, and, and where we're heading. And um, I'm going to read later on a little bit in Ecclesiastes. It says like, God has placed eternity on our hearts. And therefore, we cannot just live for today. We are eternal beings. And for me, just to think about my lifetime would be very selfish and not to be concerned about those who come after me. Because what I do today has got such an effect on what's happening after me. You know, and so it's not just about living for today, but it's living for the rest of our lives. You know, because we will continue to live on in heaven. You know, like we never die. We just leave earth and go somewhere else but what we do here is because we are the body of Christ we are family we are connected you know like so we're constantly thinking about what's happening after me and when I look back in my life you know um, what have I done and I've been stuck into Esther I, 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 probably because I was lecturing it on um, the book of Esther on one of our Bible courses in, in Wollongong some months ago and I kept on going back to Esther and I kept on going back reading and the story and the impact of what the, what the past had on her life and the people of her life you know and I want to read something out but the, but the story starts you know in, in Samuel chapter 15 God speaks to, to Saul and he tells Saul that you must destroy the whole, all the Agagites, kill Agat and all the people. But Saul spares someone there. And he spares the king of, of the Agagite, you know, Agat. And we find in, in the book of Esther, we find two people that is giving conflict. And it's quite interesting, the disobedience of Saul now plays out in the book of Esther. <laughs> because what we found... Um, we find Haman was direct descendant of the king of, 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 of Agag. 
the guy that Saul was supposed to kill. And he's not planning to kill the Jews. And then we find Mordecai, who's a direct descendant of Saul, a son of the house of Kish. And here are two descendants dealing with an issue that their forefathers would have dealt with hundreds of years ago. You get what I'm saying? Because the Bible says the sins of your forefathers will visit for the third and fourth generation. And so we find that what, we find that what Saul didn't do then now plays a role in this life, in their life. And so Mordecai and Esther is dealing with the sins of Saul, with the disobedience of Saul. But God spoke a word in Genesis chapter 12 to Moses when he said, I will, be a, I will bless you. And you'll be a blessing to the nations and all the families of the earth will be blessed to you. And through that, God made constant covenants with Isaac and Jacob, you know, concerning the people of, of Israel and the Jewish people. And so no matter where they are, no matter what happens to them, they can never be wiped out. You know, they can never go because when God spoke a word, because God is faithful when he speaks, his word will never return void. But it's us lining us up in our faith and being faithful and obedient to stand in the word of the Lord, no matter what happens around us. Because when he speaks a word, things might happen around us. And like, like Israel, they went into exile quite a few times, but the word of God remained over their lives. The promise of God remained over their lives. No matter how the, the bad circumstances does not Change the promise. You understand what I'm saying here? Circumstances does not change the promise of God. But the promise of God comes into fulfillment when we align ourselves back unto God and unto the promises of God. And when we step into obedience. But in chapter 4 of Esther verse 14, and this is something that um, even I, we preach a lot of time for such a time as this. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what's actually happening here. And so Mordecai says to, to Esther, when she didn't want to save the Jews, he didn't want to go to the king, because he's scared that if I go to the king, I might die. You know, like I cannot just walk up to the king and talk to him. And Mordecai says to her, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows? But you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And so when Esther declined Mordecai's um, this, um, request, he says this. He says, whether you do this or not do this, we will be saved. Because Mordecai knows the word of God. He knows the promises of God. He says, God will rescue us. God will do what he said he will do. But you will perish and your father's house will perish. <laughs> he says, you won't be saved. And then he said this. For who knows, or other translation says maybe, or perhaps, for such a time as this. So there's two things that Mordecai is speaking. He's speaking one thing that is certain. You, you get what I'm saying? He says this is a fact, that we will be saved. And then he speaks another thing that's uncertain. He says, but, but this maybe, you're the one. And so what Esther has to do, she has to step into faith in a, in a, in a place of uncertainty. Because she didn't know if she was born for a time of this. He says, maybe, perhaps, for such a time, who knows? I don't know, you don't know, but are you going to rise up and stand up? Because maybe God has chosen you. Maybe you were born for such a time as this. And when I started this from this perspective, I'm going like, man, it wasn't you are born for such a time as this. You are the person for the task. It was more... Will you be available? Because just maybe, 
God will do something through you. And that is where the whole thing of courage and faith come into Esther. I'd like to say that Esther, that Mordecai is the hero in the story, and, and Esther was just a beautiful girl, but that's politically incorrect, so I can't say that, you know. But she had courage, so I had to change my mind when I continued to read the story. She was a woman of courage and a woman of boldness, a woman that stepped into a time of uncertainty, but yet had faith in God. And I believe that we are living in so many times of uncertainty. So many times of we don't know what's going to happen. So many times if we don't know that the circumstances are going to change. But just maybe if we stand up. Maybe if I stand up. For such a time as this, I was born. And when we come into that maybe, is that that thing that we, maybe I should just step out in faith. Maybe I should just make myself available and see what God's going to do. Maybe I'm just going to walk out and say, Lord, I, I, I'm not sure if this is going to work. But there's a promise that you will save your people. And maybe I am that person. You know? And I believe that God is looking in today's life for people who can say that maybe I'm this. You see, in Esther's case, it was a case of maybe. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You know, it says from verse, verse 1, it says, everything, For everything there is a season, a time. For every purpose under the sun. There is a season, there is a time, and there is a purpose. Now it doesn't say it goes good in the season. It doesn't say it's going to be a wonderful season. But there is a time in that season. And there is a purpose within that season. And so God puts the seasons out there. And he leaves it to us to make the decision. What, if we're going to fulfill the purpose and if we're going to walk in the time of that season. And we are living in times and seasons. We are constantly going through times and we're constantly going through seasons. Because God appoints seasons. But what we do in that season, it's about us. You see, the farmer, he's got seasons. And he's got seasons where he's supposed to sow. And he's got seasons where he's supposed to reap. Now, if he doesn't sow, he will not reap. But the season is there to sow. And the season is there to reap. And the season is there to maintain. Now, he might not do all those things, but God has still placed the season there. Which means that in the season, we are still responsible for our purposes. As we can see, when Saul, in his season, he was irresponsible and disobedient. And if we don't stick to the word of God in this day more than anything else, we're going to end into really, really bad seasons. With no way to get out. You see, for me, the word of God remains black and white. It remains yes and amen. I cannot change the word of God to suit my life. <laughs> I cannot add to the word of God to change my life. You will receive the truth and the truth will set you free. And it is when we come into the season, I believe that the word of God is so important in our lives. You see, Mordecai, because he could speak to Esther, because he knew the promises of God. In other words, he knew God's word. And he knew the character of God. And he knew that God will not go back into his character. He knew even in that season, when it looked like, like they're going to be all destroyed, that it's not going to happen. But he's but inviting Esther and saying, like, would you like to be part of this? Because you can play a role in saving a whole nation. And so when God gives us the season, he expects us to be responsible. You see, what we need to understand is a promise in every season that we are. In Romans chapter 8 verse 28, it says this. For we know 
that God calls all things to work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so, when we love God, we automatically walk in the fear of God, and we automatically walk in righteousness and in holiness. For what is the fear of God? The fear of God is I love him so much that I do not want to hurt him. I love him so much that I want to walk closely to him. You know, and so he says that in the season that we are, no matter what we are, for believers and children of God, we know that all things work out good for those who love him and for those who are called according to his purpose. And so it doesn't matter how bad the season is. It doesn't matter how challenging the season is, but all things will work out good for those who love him. You know, if we don't love him, it might be work out something different for us. But also for those who are called according to his purpose. And that is why in this season, it's important to know in the time, what is my purpose? In this time, why am I here on earth? What am I supposed to do here on earth? What is my purpose here on earth? You know, like in, in this time of my life, in this time of the season, what is God requiring of me to do? What is he expecting of me to do in this time? You see, in the, because we're living in seasons, which means we live in time of constant change. You know, it seems like every year things change. And every year I have to learn new things. Every year, it seems like the English language is changing as well. My kids speak languages that I don't even understand. They use word that's, words that I'm going like, is that English or are you learning a new language? I don't even think... 50 years from now, we're going to speak the English that we are speaking. The, the, the language keeps growing. <laughs> you know, there's new things coming. There's, I don't even know there's the most silliest dance that come. People dance, new dances. And I'm going like, where did you get up with this stuff? Music changes. I sometimes listen to my kids' music and I'm not sure if they're singing or making noises. You know, but, but apparently then like that, this is, this, this is it. This is the new thing now. And I'm going like, man, how did we get to this place where someone just repeats the same word over and over or just make a noise and it's music? You know, it, it, it's, it's weird. But this is good for them. They like those things. But it's constant change as it happens. And change is good because we cannot stick within the same season all the time. Where there's change, there is growth. Where there's change, we get stretched. Where there's change, I believe God calls us higher you know, when it brings changes within our lives. Um, we were just um, in Thailand uh, some, some weeks ago, and it was just amazing that we were in Pattaya, and we, 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 we gave out about 20,000 Bibles to Buddhist people, you know, like, and, and just seeing it saints, if we, because we had about 4,000 um, youth people from Youth of the Mission flooding a town. Can you imagine 4,000 people going into one town and just going like, we're going to see chains come into this town. And we saw thousands, and, and, and we only did a couple of days, we saw thousands of people come to know Jesus. And next year, we, we're looking at going to Mongolia, and we, wanna see, we have a vision that God has given us and we're going to send like about 20,000 people over next year to Mongolia from churches, from missions organizations. And our only goal would be that we're going to put a Bible in every single house. Because when we study the history of what the Word of God has done in Norway, in Australia, in different countries, it transforms nations. And I'm excited because why, as much as people saying in these times, in the, the world is changing, I'm saying but the world can change for good. The world can change for good. It doesn't have to change for bad. And so I'm going like, if we can get a Bible in every single home in a nation, 
How powerful would that be? You know, to get the word of God out there. And of course, with the word of God, as we give the Bibles, we do evangelism, and we lead people to Jesus. And it's just incredible to see people change. But even as we as believers, if we don't change, if, if there's no change within our lives, we've, then we've died. You see? Where there's no growth, there is death. Trees that stop growing and plants that stop producing flowers and things and leaves die. And so in the seasons, I want to encourage you. What is the changes that God is doing in your life? And do not push the chains away. But going like, Lord, am I growing into my purpose? Am I growing into my destiny? In the chains, you will reveal things unto me. You know. However, in the chains... God does not change. He remains forever. He said, he said the, the, the Bible says everything will go away. Prophecy, all these things. But the word of God will remain forever. All the good ideas that I have, all the quotes that I want to make and things that I want to read and stories I want to tell will fade away. But the word of God will remain forever. And I'm constantly talking to our young people and say, stop reading Facebook quotes and stories and build your life on it. <laughs> read the word of God. You know, we've got a generation that just read people's stories now and quotes and things that people say. And you're going like, no, 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 stay away from that stuff. It might be good, but that will fade. Someone's experience, someone's good idea, someone's philosophy will, will fade. But the word of God will remain forever. The word of God will never change. This is why I love the word of God. You know, I, I, I want to wake up in the mornings with the word of God. I listen to the word of God when I'm walking on my, on my earphones. I just because why it's something that's so dear to me. It is one thing I can hold on to my life. If everything goes away, it is the word of God. That's the very thing that I asked for when I was put in Switzerland in, um, in this little airport prison and they took everything away from me. The only thing I asked them for, can I have my Bible please? And I was just reading the word of God. And that's all I did. And it was the word of God that delivered me. You know, that's all I asked for. All I said, like, can I just read my Bible? And I was just sitting there for hours and hours. And all I did was reading the word of God out loud. And declaring the word of God. And believing that as I'm declaring the word of God, my circumstances will change. Because if everything fails me, I tried to talk to them. I tried to persuade them. And I couldn't. But the word of God is all that I have. And so I want to encourage you this morning that God does not change. The season changes, but he remains the same. His promise remains the same. And his promise will come to pass. You know, sometimes we are the ones who's delaying that because of our own ways. And I've done that many times. You see, God has set things before us for us to enjoy. This is why he's made this time for us to come together this morning into worship. You know, it's just amazing to come into worship and enjoy this worship. I, I was, um, last night at a, I was praying with about 220 pastors, you know, for the, for, for, for Sydney and such an amazing time as we all came before and on our knees and we repent on behalf of God for our sins and, and on behalf of the country. And straight after that, I went to a revival meeting that's happening at our campus and didn't get out of there by 11 o'clock and, and Tim keeps asking, text me, are you coming home? And I said, like, no, but it's so nice here. I'm in the presence of God. I'm with believers. People don't want to go home. They, they're enjoying the worship and, and you just want to be there and, and I'm enjoying it. You know, and we must enjoy the presence of God in the season that we are. You see, doesn't, you see the presence of God, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And that is why we're constantly pushing in the presence of God. And so we find out 
in the season of Esther, she was bold. She was courageous. She stepped out in faith. And there's a few things we can learn from her. And one is that God will always work through you if you make yourself available. He will always work through you. But you got to make yourself available. You got to constantly ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do today? You know, who do you want me to meet today? Who do you want me to share with today? You see, we have the good news. Um, last night, we, we, some people talked about the, the late Billy Graham. And they asked him, and the guy was with him just before he died. He said, he asked the late Billy Graham, what, what's the message you have for this world today? And this was Billy Graham's last message. Preach the gospel. And they said they waited and he went quiet. And they asked him, is there anything else? And he said, pray. This is the man who preached to more people than any man of the, in the world. We've seen more salvations than any man in the world. And his last message was, preach the gospel and pray. Those two things that he felt were so key. And I agree. I think it's to preach the gospel. And it's to pray. And when we pray, we pray more. And we pray more. And we pray more. You see, we've under, we understand that um, another thing we can learn from Esther is that those God moments, those significant moments, can change generations. You know, when we make ourselves available and we're in that God moment, we can change generations from now. We can see people around us change. Another thing about Esther is that courage is required. God wants to use us, but we got to have courage. We got to have boldness. You know, we got to step out there. And courage is not something that you work on. It's just something you do. Boldness is something, I, I can pray for people, I mean, like pray for boldness. I was like, I can pray until I'm blue in the face. Unless you step out in boldness, it's not going to work. You just have to do it. Courage is something that I'm so scared to do. But I do it anyway. That's what courage and boldness is. It's not somebody who's confident. It's somebody who's completely relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I can't do it, but I rely on him who's greater than me. That is our boldness. That is our courage. Something that a lot of people don't do anymore. More than ever before, I believe in our day, fasting in prayer. Not just to pray, but to fast, you know. Jesus lived a life of fasting. And we even see here when a nation was in trouble, they fasted. And I'm not, I, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about fasting Facebook or fasting chocolates. I'm talking about the biblical fast. You know, often when people come to me, we got a lot of young people like, oh, I'm fasting TV. And I'm going like, but then you're going to go back and do TV again the same way you did it. I said, no, go to, separate yourself from everything and fast like Jesus fasted. Is, is that okay to say? Yeah. Just do, just do what Jesus did. It's the best way. He didn't fast talking to people. He didn't fast stop drinking this and doing that. He just fasted. I believe that fasting is a key because we are constantly encountering demonic forces. And what we're dealing with in our world today is demonic. And Jesus said some demons only comes out through fast and, and prayer. You know, and we got to fast. we got to have a culture of coming before God and fasting. If we want to see true change within our world, I believe God is calling us. And we see it right. I'm one of those people. I just look at the Bible and I'm going, oh, 
It worked for Esther. It worked for Jesus. It worked for Jeremiah. Maybe it will work for me. And so I want to encourage you that fasting and prayer is a key in our life. Obedience is required to fulfill our purpose. Unless I'm obedient, I cannot fulfill our purpose. You see, the thing with Saul, Saul did what was good at that moment in his eyes. And we often do that, you know, the Lord is speaking to us or the word of God is saying one thing and we go like, but this feels good. You know, like, but what feels good today could become a curse tomorrow. And therefore, obedience is required. What feels good today can cause ripples of problems tomorrow. You know, so we cannot just be after what is good for me. Because what is good for me is not always what is right for me. You see, some things are good and some things are just right. And we got to come to the point of what is right. You see, it was good for Moses to hit the rock when God told him to speak to the rock. But it's still, God still fulfilled the promise. He still brought water out. But Moses missed out on the promised land. He did something that was good maybe at that time. And God did something. God fulfilled. God did a miracle. But it wasn't the right thing he did. And he missed out on the promised land. And often we, we look for good things more than we look for the right things. God works out all things for his purpose. You know? And as I read Esther, there are some things that I can be sure, and as I read the word of God, is that the Bible still have answers. The Bible is still the answers of this world today. The Holy Spirit still moves in our lives. He has not stopped moving. And he still desires to have fellowship with us. God will still inhabit his praise as we praise him. When the praises goes up, there's an old song that says the blessings come down. There is still anointing here in this place. And he still anoints his people. And he still calls his people. And we living in a life where things are uncertain when seasons go from one season to another season. And it's so easy to miss out what God is doing yesterday or what God wants to do now. And I believe that when God calls us, you know, into the season and where he's got you right now, I want to encourage you to have faith, to hold on to the truth of what God has spoken to you. And if you don't know your purpose, if you don't know your destiny, fast and pray and ask God, God, what are you calling me to do? That's what I did. I, I went onto a mountain and because Moses used to go to the mountain and these people and I was reading the Bible. I was like, hmm, we've got a mountain not far from us. I should climb that mountain. You know, like, and, and, I'm, and I'm not kidding. I was chased by baboons at night and things like that. And, you know, baboons, are, they want to kill you. You know, they're not nice animals. Don't go to Africa and pet a baboon. It's not a good thing. You know, <laughs> ask me. You know, it's like, I thought, like, oh, monkey, good monkey. And it wasn't a good monkey. You know, the monkey almost killed me. You know, and so I was in this mountain and I was just fasting and fasting and fasting. And, 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 and praying and, and seeking God and, and talking to him. Because I saw these people, they did it. Because I wanted to know, I said, Lord, I know I grew up in this little place, in this little ghetto, but surely, wh wh what do you have for me? I will do anything and everything. And when I sit there, when the Lord started speaking to me about nations, I could not comprehend what he was saying to me. Because I couldn't think beyond my community. <laughs> I couldn't think further than that. All I saw was what I had in front of me. But he spoke. But I wasn't going to leave that mountain until I found out what is it that God has for me. Because I knew that 
My life is not just about me. It wasn't just about me. Our purpose is not just about us. Our purpose is always outward focus. It's always about God's plan. And I want to encourage you today, as Esther rised up and she stepped into the things that God had for her, you know, maybe, perhaps, who knows? I don't know. You don't know. But for such a time as this, you were born, you know, in your circumstances, in your place where you are. Maybe God has placed you at the work that you are for such a time as this. Maybe. We don't know. But maybe if you rise up, salvation will come for the people at your workplace. Who knows? Who knows? But maybe for such a time as this, and we just take Penrith, you live in Penrith, in this community. Maybe for such a time as this, maybe salvation will come to every house in Penrith. If we, if we don't even dream bigger than this, we just dream Penrith for now. And we say, maybe I live here in Penrith for such a time as this. To see every single person come to know Jesus and into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe. Maybe at the school or university where you are at. Maybe. You just thought it was a good idea to go there. Esther thought she was just going to do a beauty competition and become a queen. She didn't know that sooner or later that she's going to have to stand in the gap for a whole nation and almost die. That, was far, that wasn't part of the deal. The deal was you go in there and maybe become a queen. Maybe. You know, after a year of training and lots of stuff. And then she became the queen. And then suddenly she's inherited a problem that she goes like, it's not my problem. And he says, but maybe. Maybe. God has placed you there. You might say that, well, I didn't have a choice. I just took this job. Or I just, I'm here by circumstances. Like Esther was there by circumstances. But just maybe. Maybe there's something deeper than that. Maybe God has placed you there. Maybe God's got purpose and destiny for you there. Maybe it's time to just say, God, I'm available. And it always starts with that. Yeah. I love it when we sing songs of surrendering. But what are we surrendering? That's the true question. question. When we sing that song, what have you surrendered? You know, <laughs> what did you surrender? Because holiness comes at a place of surrendering. You know, sometimes when we surrender, we walk away from things. <laughs> surrendering is not easy. It is painful. Because sometimes you have to surrender the very thing that you love so much. And the very thing that you hold dear to. But your purpose starts at a place of surrendering. So maybe... I want to leave you with a maybe. Maybe step into faith. Maybe say, I'm here for something that's just bigger than me. You know? Maybe in this church, you don't know why you're here. Maybe you're just not here to come and receive a good message every Sunday and have good fellowship. It's lovely. It's part of the deal. We want that. But maybe you should be bringing someone with you to church next week. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe someone's salvation 
depends on you. You know, maybe. Who knows? But that's a lot of maybes for one day. I don't know. You know. So God bless you. And I pray that God will continue just to to mold this church and to mold you. What an amazing place to be at. What an amazing family to be at. A place where you feel loved. A place where you feel welcome as you walk through that door. How would the world feel if, they, if I feel like that? And I know you. Imagine someone who don't know you walking and they get the same feeling. Maybe. I don't know. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org